You're listening to The Screw Podcast with Felicia Rose and A-Love. They're here to make you come on a journey with them as they indulge you in all of your naughtiest thoughts while navigating sex with nonchalance. And a whole lot of Crisco, of course. Hey, everybody. You're listening to The Screw Podcast with Felicia Rose and a very absent A-Love tonight. Oh, boo. Tonight, A-Love is actually on a hiatus just because he is at home sick with a little bug. Probably something I had recently myself. So uh, sending my love to A-Love. Hope you feel better. And apparently you're just going to listen to my voice tonight. Just kidding. We are also joined by a very special guest that I'm so excited to introduce. By the time you listen to this episode, I will have a show the following week in Pennsylvania. So check out my information. All right, so let's just get going with our special guest. He is a wrestler and wrestling producer based out of Virginia and New York City. He is the mother of the house of no bullshit and the new classic of professional wrestling. Welcome to the show, Billy Dixon. Yay. Hey, what's up, I'm so excited to have you. Thank you so much for joining us on The Screw. Are you excited to be on? I'm so excited to get screwed by you, so it's all good. <laughs> to get screwed by us. That's a really good way of putting it. I don't think we actually word it like that. Now we're going to have to. I'm so excited. <laughs> cool. Look at you. You're so inventive always. Look at you. <laughs> Being a visionary and a genius and an icon. What can I say? Uh, yes, that that you are. And I actually have known about you for a bit, and I'm so excited to have you on tonight. We're going to talk about a little bit about your wrestling life and whatnot, and then we'll do our normal 20 questions to, like, you know, scratch the surface of what it is to be in the mind of you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So let's just get going right away. I want to talk to you first about you as a wrestler and wrestling producer. I want to know, you know, how long you've been wrestling for the listeners out there that don't know who you are, you know, a little bit about your gimmick, what you're all about, and some of the different things that we can see in the future from Billy Dixon. Okay, so uh, this July will make five years I've been wrestling. I started in 2015, started training in... Uh, Norfolk, Virginia. I am the first openly gay heavyweight champion in Virginia wrestling history. I have wrestled all up and down the East Coast, uh, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, D.C., Virginia, North and South Carolina. I'm probably forgetting one or two. Had a really fun career. The new classic of professional wrestling, Billy Dixon, is really... Just me and my my natural personality. I'm born and raised in the South Bronx. I live 10 minutes from where Cardi B lived. So, uh-huh. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's very much given that same energy. You know, I am proud of my Banji, quote unquote, ghetto roots. I'm proud of the neighborhood I come from. I'm proud of being a product of the projects. I'm proud of that environment because that raised me and the good and the bad and the ugly and the beautiful all together really created, I think, the person you see today. And I've gotten to do a lot of cool things in wrestling. I've gotten to be subjects of Vice documentaries. I've gotten to perform at the historical Lucky Chang's a drag queen venue in New York City. I've gotten to meet amazing people, form my own house in wrestling, the house of no bullshit. I've gotten to really chase a dream. And in 2020, I'm becoming officially 
after years of doing things in the shadows, I'm officially becoming a, an event producer for promotions and for myself. So it's been a really great five years and I love wrestling and yeah, me. That's amazing. I mean, congratulations on your whole journey thus far. It sounds like you're really busting your ass and working hard. And now that you're doing producing, I mean, I think that's amazing, especially to have queer talent on the other side of that and to have like a positive say in what goes on. I think it's amazing. So hats off to you, honestly. Thank you so much. I just feel like the whole queer conversation has really become a thing in the past four years. And I think that to some degree, there was a certain direction that things were going in that I think wasn't clicking with everyone. And I think in 2020, you're going to see that direction, that point of view, I think really elevated because the queer people that are in these positions of power and wrestlers that are getting positions of power all have different point of views and different perspectives. And I think that we're getting away from gay panic for gay panic's sake. And we're getting into stories, ideas, themes. And I think that we're in such a good place. There's so much more work we have to do. We got people signing to WWE. Congratulations. Mercedes Martinez, Jake Atlas. We got Sunny Kiss, Nyla Rose in AEW. We got Ashley Box in NWA. And we have made such strides, but there's so much more we can do. And I think it's in its more purest and concentrated form on the independence. And I'm so glad to be able to have been in a position where I can help move the movement forward, especially as a black queer person, because I feel like the, the narrative for the longest was really whitewashed. And not that there's something wrong with being a white queer person at all, but I think that there is a, a culture to be blunt comes from, is birthed from Black queerness, like that's where it's birthed from and then given to the world. In particular from Black trans women, they really birthed the culture. So now we're in a position where I'm not necessarily a trans woman, I'm gender not conforming, but uh, we can really take that point of view and put it in wrestling, which is its total polar opposite because wrestling is incredibly white, cis heteronormative and completely turn it on its head and create some really crazy shit. So I'm really excited about that in 2020. Well, I mean, would you consider yourself a pioneer because of, you know, what you've done, but also what you're taking on in this very vital time where we're seeing things change in the really positive way? Like you said, it's not this shock value anymore. We're putting things into actual perspective. I don't consider myself a pioneer. I consider myself continuing a legacy. I think I, I've been through a lot in wrestling because of my homosexuality. However, and... Some names can no longer be mentioned in the conversation, which is very upsetting. But when you think about like people like Mariah Moreno, who was the first transgender uh, women's wrestler to cross over and have big success on the independent scene. Mm-hmm. I had a conversation with her recently. And to me, she's a pioneer. I'm not. You know, being able to even be in a locker room was a giant step forward. There wouldn't be Nyla Roses or Candy Lee's um, Mariah Moreno. So in that respect, I can't call myself a pioneer, but I am so happy and grateful to take part in this forward momentum for sure. Well, I feel like I I will consider you one if you, you can be humble all you want, but I personally would consider you one. And I feel like you're taking that torch and continuing it on. Not that they're, not that people are getting out of the game. I'm just saying like, you know, the young 
the younger people embracing this as a movement and the intersectionality of wrestling is super important. And I think that you are definitely a piece of that puzzle. So I just want to just give you a little, little nudge there. You know, (laughs) Um, what actually got you, what got you into wrestling to begin with? Like what age were you? What, what was the first thing that you saw? And you're like, Oh shit, I want to do that. Um, I was a little queen in the projects in the Bronx, Claremont Village and Morrisania. And I watched China wrestle and I was just like, I don't know what I'm watching. I don't know what gender this person is, but like China was so kind. I'm sorry. Like, oh, yes. China was the first thing I saw and I was like, what? I'm so into fucking China. Fuck yeah. And I was so little. Like I was like five during her prime. I thought her and Xena Warrior Princess were the same person. Oh my god, I love Zeta too. I masturbated to Zeta. Sorry, Tia, but <laughs> but um, I thought her and Zena Warrior Princess was the same person. I'm like, oh my god, this bad bitch is on two different shows because I was so young and stupid. But like to me, China was so beyond gender, and the stuff that she did was so cool. And then as I got older, the divas really um did it for me. Um, I love men's wrestling too. Like I love like. Edge and Lance Storm and Eddie Guerrero, CM Punk, uh, Daniel Bryan, Dolph Ziggler. Like, there's a lot of like different like male influences. But like at the end of the day, like she's a queen. So like, I really gravitated towards the divas because they were so at that time highly sexualized. Yes, but like so powerfully feminine. Yeah, it was just this like oh, the divas were so kind. Like, oh, I can't even. Um, <laughs> I love it. Yes. Me <laughs> life as a kid because you know the the cat fighting and the makeup and the outfits and the boobs and the makeup and the hair and the extensions, yeah. the pillow fights. It was just it was for me. It was like my life around me was telling me like my femininity was like an issue. But like the two hours I got to watch Raw or SmackDown or TNA Impact at the time, it was just it was so cool to see like what I so badly wanted to be, which was just this like highly camp feminized person. Um, and and that really got me into wrestling. And, you know, I've been, I, I'm still a fan to this day. I, I still like the NXT Women's Battle Royal from this week was like phenomenal, like great shit. And I, I, I still watch as a fan. And also like as a, now as a wrestler, like I'm like, you know, uh, taking notes, you know, seeing where like the business is heading, supply and demand when it comes to like kind of matches and things like that. But I'm still always going to be that little boy yeah. who like store because like the women were half naked and my grandmother would have lost her shit, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I wasn't allowed to watch it and I was. I was, it's funny because you were struggling with this femininity thing. I was struggling with, with masculinity and China was like that outlet for me, but then also struggling with bisexuality and the women being divas. I was like, Oh Lord. So it was like my porn. So I totally understand where you're coming from as far as that, like duality and being able to kind of like have an escape by watching it. Cause I can only watch it at my friend's house. So it was like this like treat for me, you know? Right. Oh, so good. What uh, it's, a- it's cool that our stories are similar. I, I do appreciate that. Same, same, same. I wanted to make sure that I ask you a very specific question, but then I wrote it down and now it doesn't make sense because I was drunk when I wrote it down. So like, good, good job. Please. <laughs> um, oh, so so you mentioned obviously where we can see Russell when we introduced you. 
But what are some of the upcoming things that you're going to be wrestling at? Like, what do you want to plug? And also, I want to know a little bit more about you producing and what that will look like. And if you could talk anything about that, obviously. Okay, so on February 6th, I'm going to be in Brooklyn, New York at Our Wicked Lady for Envy Young's New York Fashion Week, which is a no-ring deathmatch extravaganza featuring live performances, uh, actual fashion show, and me bleeding and looking cute. Um, I can't wait. I'm so excited for that. I, that's my first no-ring deathmatch, and I've been wanting one for, like, the past ye- two years. I'm so ready. Like, I cannot wait. On the 15th of February, I'm going to be at... Fight Club Pro Wrestling, also known as the Pan-African World Diaspora Wrestling Championship Tournament Finale. We are crowning the champion. I will. I am not competing for the championship, but I have an open challenge to anybody. And that is in Washington, D.C. And on March 7th, I am going to be performing and also the co-booker, co-producer, for Primetime Pro Wrestling's Butch versus Gore, which is Primetime Pro Wrestling's first Pride show. I guess we can talk about that kind of like seamless transition. I'm so that sounds so exciting. Fast forward to last year, I had took some time off for some personal reasons. I was going through a lot, and at the end of it, I got messages from Lolo and Gator, who are both the co founders of Primetime. And they wanted me to come in and we had a blast. And then shortly thereafter, they asked me if I would be interested in uh, helping run a pride event. And I was floored because, you know, you know, I think people think that, you know, and it's natural for like wrestlers and fans to think like, oh, I politics or that. I really didn't. I have the receipts like they asked me and I was just like me like I'm sorry. Right. Like, in my mind, like. In my mind, like, success and all of that, like, because of my childhood and, like, growing up without ever being told, like, I'm proud of you, like, this is not therapy hour, but this makes sense. I don't have a gauge on, like, what my quote-unquote success is. I just don't. Like, I'm just on to the next. Yeah, you seem very humble. I definitely understand. Yeah. So it's like, I, it didn't compute why they would want me, you know? And then talking with Lolo, they were like, you know, I really think that you have an interesting point of view and your promos and, and the feud with I had with Effie uh, earlier last year and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, cool. I mean, one of my most, in, my, one of my biggest influences is Dusty Rhodes and Dusty Rhodes was more of a promoter than he ever really was a wrestler. I mean, he was a phenomenal wrestler, phenomenal talent, but like his mind for the business was so much more of the story and continues to be through his children and his influence in professional wrestling booking but I was so excited and you know I was given reign to contact talent to book matches to to write the show and uh you know Lolo is also you know giving input and they are really making it a point to respect the boundary of like you are a wrestler. This is what you do. Like, I really respect your point of view, but also putting in what they think would be uh, good suggestions and uh, good, like, well, what if the show goes this way? Or what if, like, if this match, like, explain your thinking about this match and you want to do this in the middle of this thing. Wh- why? And right. uh, it's cool to be given that opportunity. Uh, what a lot of people do not know because, like, professional wrestling is <laughs> the mob. And, um, you know, <laughs> Everything happens in the shadows. For the past 
three years or so, I've been ghost booking for multiple promotions um, and doing creative for multiple promotions and never getting credit. Why weren't you getting credit? Do you mind if I ask that? Uh, some people, they thought it would be bad for me. Poli- I mean, honestly, people just wanted credit for themselves. But if, the things I've heard were, well, I'm just asking you your opinion. That was what one person said. Another person said, you're too young to be credited. And another person was like, well, I gave you everything you've ever, I gave you, I gave you your platform. I gave you your start. I don't owe you shit. So it's really difficult because like my passion really is creating content and and mapping out shows, creating a finish for people, helping people get over it, helping people see things for themselves. Cause like, I'm such a fan and also I'm a movie buff. I'm a, I, I was in the theater. I did public speaking. I've done film in college. I've, I, I have such a, a love of media as a general thing that to me, when I see professional wrestlers, a lot of times they don't realize that there's a whole extra dimension that is right in front of their face that they don't see. Right. Because I'm looking at it with all these influences. So I think that there's this thing where it's just like, you know, if you don't own a company, you don't get credit for things, which I just don't think that that's really beneficial. And I don't think that that really helps people. And I think that, you know, when I did Ghostbook for a few promotions, when I did do it, their business increased significantly. Mm-hmm. And when I got off the book, the business decreased significantly. And I'm not saying that I am in the same echelon of a Paul Heyman or Eric Bischoff or Jeff Jarrett or anything like that, or not in nowhere near Dusty Rhodes. But I do think that being 24 years old and my background and my intersectionality in a lot of different ways besides race and sexual orientation is a real benefit. Mm-hmm. And I just think that, you know, uh, people, I think people can be a little intimidated because like, I'm very forthcoming with my opinion. Like, I'll just say like, I don't think that that's a good idea. Like mm-hmm. I'll just, or I'll argue a point. Like I remember for prime time, we had a conversation about something involving the, the poster, a detail that I really thought was a big point involving the poster. And we had mm-hmm. a conversation we came to a conclusion that was beneficial for everybody, but that's what creating content of pro wrestling is. It's a lot of big arguments, small arguments, you know? And I just think that I'm a loud mouth bitch and I'm a lot to deal with, but if you want me to do something for you, I'm going to work my ass off and I'm going to make sure your thing is successful. So. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like you're coming at it with the, you know, right point of view. I've seen the other side of what booking looks like as far as like I've helped with some of like the women's matches and stuff on like different promotions. And like, I understand what it's like to maybe not get a credit, but like, you know, just be a part of it. And I'm so excited that at Primetime Pro, they're giving you a chance to actually, you know, let your voice shine because you deserve it. And whether or not other people had silenced you or not given you credit you know, fuck that. Hopefully this is a new year, new you as far as, and I hate saying that, but it's corny, but as far as, you know, don't put up with that because you are a force to be reckoned with. And I think that you deserve every ounce of credit that you gain, which is you work hard and you bust your ass and it should definitely, you know, be credited to you because fuck that otherwise. So fuck. 
Well, thank you for that. I really appreciate that. Number one. Number two is I'm really looking forward to how people respond to the show because I like to put people in situations like in my brain, like I, I play backseat booker all the time. And now with the, the pen and the paper, I'm putting people in situations where there's this great match that these two people can have. And I want to see if it's close to what I envisioned in my head or if it surpasses it. Because when I watch wrestling, I'm really able to look at the strength and the weaknesses of the performer. And I sound like a five-year-old veteran, but like, you know, I, I, I see things for what they are and I cut through the bullshit because wrestling is predicated on bullshit. And for this show on March 7th in DC at the DC Brow, Butch versus Gore, a lot of these matches are people that when they put their minds together are going to have really strong performances and really moving performances and really bring the best out of each other. And I'm really excited about that. And everybody's strengths are really on display with this card. Like every single match, I really thought about the the, the pieces, like it's chess and everybody's positioned in the perfect way as a person who is a fan of all of these people. That's awesome to hear. I'm really excited and I hope I can make it out to that. And it sounds like, it sounds like, you know, with your background and all of the strengths that you have, it sounds like it's definitely going to be successful. And also, obviously, the other people that are involved. But, I mean, I feel like you're definitely not going to let a crowd down, especially with your name on it. I can I sense it. Flop, <laughs> honey. I can't flop. <laughs> no, I, I, I have faith in you. It's not going to happen. I don't think it would be possible even if you tried, honestly. But that brings me to one last point before we move on to our naughty 20 questions. You just announced the other day something online that I want to know a little bit more about. It's called Paris's Bumping, which is the first ever wrestling and ballroom slash Vogue slash Kiki event on June 18th in Maryland. Tell us some more about that. Okay. Uh I will not cry. And when I think about it, it's very emotional because I can't believe it's happening. Oh my God. Okay, so when I was 14, I um, was around other gay people for the first time. And I remember I met this light-skinned man named Pinky who had green contacts that were so fake. It was like, you couldn't stand it. And he told me to go to a ball. And if I got a trophy, I could join the house. And the category was Butch Queen first time in drags at the ball, which is a classic category. Basically, you're a young gay man. Usually you're under like 21 or whatever. And you try putting on lashes and makeup and hair. And you want to look as quote unquote passable as a woman as possible. And I stole my mom's like jacket and like my feet were so big, cramming and knocking out stones. She had these Tims that were bedazzled with the logo on the side. And I was like, I'm going to give you ghetto fish, like the girls I see on the subway. And I went there and I looked horrible. Like I shaved my <laughs> eyebrows for it because I wanted to give you like the, the chola effect with the eyebrows. Like I was really going for it. Uh-huh. And shot me on the spot and I ran out and I went home and then my mother was like, what are you doing? Why are you wearing my clothes? And like, are you- <laughs> and I was like, and I didn't have the nerve to tell her that number one, I snuck out of her house. Number two, I went to a ball and all of this kind of stuff. And I remember being there and I was only there for maybe like an hour and a half, two hours at the most. But I remember 
it feeling like a wrestling show. And wow. it's like fighting with the people dipping and voguing against each other. And it was so intense. And that was always in the back of my mind. And as I got older, I discovered things like Paris is Burning. And now there's Poles, My House, which was a show on Viceland, um, Kiki, which was a documentary on Hulu, I believe. And then I also watched a documentary about the Check It Gang in Washington, D.C. And I was like, these two worlds are the same. And, and the same thing goes for like drag queens and wrestling. It's a, it, they're very similar things. They're just expressed in complete opposite ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a wrestler, like going along, it was always in the back of my head. And I remember, I remember uh, sitting down and being like, I don't know what I'm going to do this. I wrote this on a piece of paper. I'm like, wrestling ball show. This had to be 2017, 2018. I got a DM from my friend named John, who works for Denison's Brewery in Silver Spring, Maryland. And he was like, we want to do some pride events. I think you should pitch. And I pitched and they were all about it. They gave me the green light and it is happening. And Paris is bumping is my magnum opus. I think that it's going to be what I'm going to be remembered for. And that kind of gravity does not escape me. And I'm really... Whew, working so hard to make it a night that people do not forget. Um, and I really am trying to elevate and, and give a platform to Black queer wrestlers in particular. That is my number one goal, my number one objective. I have found some talent that I really want to work with and really want to um, uh, give that platform to. But that doesn't mean that people of other races and, and gender identities and, and all these other things will not be represented. It is going to be inclusive for everyone. Everyone will have a place. And, and because I'm sick in the head, I wanted to take it to the extreme. And the most extreme thing you can do in wrestling is a no ring death match, which was made popular by the hipster heartthrob Casanova Valentine out of Brooklyn, New York who was running no ring death matches, who made a name for himself. And I was so inspired by that. And I, I'm a cool with Cass. We, we, we cool. And I, I thought about how amazing would it be to take it to this extreme and then this hyper-masculine extreme juxtaposed to the hyper-feminine equivalent and put it all in the same room at the same time and watch it fucking burst with an orgy of queer expression. And... The show is going to have no ring death matches. It's going to have a three category ball, which is open to the public. There is no cover to get in the ball as of this moment. I believe everything is going to be free to the public, but don't quote me. (laughs) And it's three categories. You can snatch a trophy. You can win prizes. Denizens is an active part of this as well. They really want to make this a big event. It is Thursday, June 18th. And it is for me, the love letter that... I wanted to give to 14 year old me who was really struggling because he never had a problem with himself, but everybody had a problem with him. And, 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 and it's a way for me to kind of, it's so weird and kind of fucked up and like way too meta, but like right the wrong of growing up in a really toxic queer phobic environment by paying tribute to the refuge that was created in the 70s and 80s and through the 90s for people like me that I couldn't access because, you know, unfortunately, like I grew up in like a homophobic household and all this kind of stuff. So it's this really big thing for me. And 
and also with you know having trouble at queer promotions and not feeling like my art was appreciated or or people didn't get me all the way or feeling like you could go so much farther with me this is my shit my name's on it and i can't wait to deliver this show and i believe you're going to be there Aw. Well, first I want to say you just brought me to almost tears with what you just said. So I just want to thank you for even putting this on to begin with. And yeah, uh, I was going to say, can you say who and what some talent is that will be there? But yes, I guess you just let the cat out of the bag. I shall. I'm so excited, by the way. And we're not going to. (laughs) That's all on you, boo. We're gonna, you're gonna pull a stunt. We'll leave it at that for right now until I come back on like another show right before the show, and then we'll get all up into the gig. But definitely, you're gonna pull a stunt, and I'm so excited because like I'm a big fan of you. Like to flip it back to you, um, because I am Miss Congeniality after all. Let's not do um, that. <laughs> I admire what you're doing. I admire that for so long, women in in the wrestling sphere have engaged in sex work or sex work adjacent activities and have been made to feel ashamed or they had to be closeted about it. And I think that you being so not that (laughs) you're helping out a lot of women and a lot of women that will never thank you for what you're doing. You and some other women as well. Wow. I'm like, thank you so much. I'm moved right now. Honestly, that's like the sweetest thing somebody's said to me in so long. So thank you. Of course. Like it's, it's a shoot. Like I really admire that you're taking up space. Wrestling doesn't like people that don't follow the rules. And I think the the revolution, especially of queer people, is to take up motherfucking space oh, and yeah. to not apologize for it and to not bend at the knee um, to the patriarchy. So I think that you're doing a really good job and I'm really happy because you're really, you're going, you're, 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 you're part of your thing is I really think it's gonna be like ending the stigma because sex work is work it's a job it is what it is who cares like i don't like it's not a big deal and i think that women wrestlers in particular have been made to feel such shame by an industry that sexualizes the shit out of them anyways but these women are allowed to monetize their own sexuality which is so fucked up and fucking sexist but i think that we really are getting momentum where women are allowed to choose because autonomy is the number one thing that we're all fighting for is choose if they want to go down that aisle and not feel shame about it and i think that's really awesome well i mean whether or not anybody thanks me i'm not worried what i care about is clearing some space for people to feel comfortable to be able to do that and i notice more patreons popping up with you know, whether you're a wrestler, you're just a person involved in wrestling. The wrestling community can be very toxic and can be very, you know, judgmental. So the fact that I see more and more people popping up on both sides of the ring with like, you know, paid Patreons or OnlyFans or doing whatever it is that they're doing in terms of sex work or a, a version of such, whether they want to call it that or not, I'm just proud to see that. And I'm happy. And whether or not, you know, I have a piece of that or not, I'm cool with as long as it's happening. And so like, hopefully we can pave the way more. And the fact that people like you are thinking to, you know, book a person like me, you know, this is a shoot, obviously it's, you know, it's humbling. And it also makes me feel proud 
I am. I don't have to put myself on a shelf. I can be exactly what I want to be. And, you know, you've been really respectful of my idea. And, like, I just want to thank you for even, like, thinking of me and your beautiful, you know, what will sure to be, like, probably the best night of the frickin' year, honestly. It's, I mean, it's during Pride Month. It's in a great place. So, like, I'm so excited. So thank you so much for including me a part of it, you know? 100%. This queer community is more than the same few faces that we see all the time. And people will be saying that I'm the same few face probably a year from now, but, you know, it is what it is. But, you know... (laughs) I think that I think that our community is so massive and in so many different roles. And I really wanted to extend the invitation to more than just wrestlers. Anybody who is queer, I really, you know, within girl, the budget and like the numbers. <laughs> like our community <laughs> queer as fuck. So of course, girl, I, I'm so happy to have you on board and Thank you for everything that you're doing to help this show and to complete your mission. I think it's super cool. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for people to know what I'm doing, even when even if they don't know. Like, I'm just so excited. Like, it's going to be really fun. And I'm so happy that I got to, like, have a little, you know, I mean, like, you have your vision and the fact that I got to say, like, hey, what about this? And you were like, yeah. And I'm like, yay. So I don't want to give too much away, but I was super I just can't wait. What the fuck? I can't wait. I can't wait. I know. That's my biggest. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what the fuck is all I want in my life? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love music people. Oh, fuck me up. <laughs> yay. It's going to be so fun. Um, so I do want, I could talk to you forever but obviously we don't have as much time as I would normally like to have with you. So we'll definitely have to have you on again to really dive more into a lot of what we touch on because I don't want to just like, I don't want people to think I'm just like rushing through anything, but we do our 20 questions, our dirty 20 questions with you just to get a little bit more of a sense of, you know, you as a sexual being, because we are of course podcast. So thank you for talking to us about your wrestling journey. And I can't, hear more about it in the future yeah are you ready are you ready for the sex oh my god i feel like i'm about to lose my virginity all over again <laughs> yay oh my god i know you're so young i feel like like i'm taking your virginity it's very interesting <laughs> i've lived a lot all right years <laughs> no i know like when i was uh, by 25 i felt like i needed to like go into a retirement home so i totally understand <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first question that I have for you is what we ask everybody, which is just let us know, which we've obviously touched upon, but your sexuality and also like what you identify as just uh, like obviously sexuality, but also gender wise, which you also touched upon. But then if you're single or taken. Okay, so I am. The gender thing is actually kind of interesting because I'm like really having an internal monologue about it. I would say that I'm a gender non-conforming gay man who is um, single and actually, as of like a couple of days ago, ready to mingle via re-downloading Grindr. So, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Holla at you, girl. Well, welcome back to uh, the world of being ready to mingle. I totally get you. Mm, so ready. Mm, all right. Well, shout out to people listening holler at your boy um, <laughs> so the next question i have is are you a sub or a dom i'm both you're a switch yeah depends on the vibe 
honestly. Do you lean one way or the other? Um, if we're doing like a spectrum, it's probably between the middle and the dom side for sure. Nice. I saw that in you, but I wasn't sure. So, you know, <laughs> awesome, not that man. I'm sexualizing my friends or anything. You know? <laughs> I think about everybody naked. It's cool. Yeah, no, of course. Well, you could just like click on my other profile to see it. So, you know, there you go. Um, <laughs> what is the, or actually, do you actually practice any BDSM yourself? Not to, you know, there's some in, sub and dom, top and bottom, blah, blah, blah. But actual BDSM, is there any that you practice? Oh, <laughs> no, not really. I feel like the most BDSM thing that ever happened to me was like, I was at a college party and sucked some guy's dick in the bathroom and he slapped me across the face. And then I was just like, I don't know how to feel about that. Like, I'm not saying I'm turned off, but like, I wasn't expecting that. But that's like the most like uh, BDSM thing I've ever done. Yeah. Well, especially if he didn't ask for consent ahead of time, that's sort of rude too. Right. I mean, we had a conversation. The good thing about like, the majority of my sexual experiences was that they were with people that like get it. So we had a conversation after he was like, I was in the moment. I fucked up. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Fair enough. As I mean, if he, if he identifies that he, you know, probably should have asked, that's a good thing. Right. Yeah. I, I, I pick them. I take my time when I pick them. Understood. When I pick them. (laughs) Um, What's the first thing you find attractive about a person? It could be anything like mentally, physically, personality wise. Okay, I'm going to pick one of, like, each little category. Physically, um, smile, and grooming, to an extent. Yeah. And mental, like, you cannot be, like, a hard-ass. Like, I need a goofy, silly, because I'm so goofy and silly. Like, God, I couldn't imagine being with, like, some, like, executive. Like, oh, God. Um, so you have to <laughs> humor. You have to make me laugh because, like, I do silly shit and I'm so silly. I want you to keep that energy going. Would you, do you like somebody that laughs at you more or like makes you laugh more, or do you like a good balance? I like the kind of guy where it's like you definitely are selling for me, like in my silliness, and you laugh at me more. But when you get me to laugh, you really worked hard and you earned it. Like. And it's always like I'm crying laughing. Like I like a well-crafted joke or stunt or a little goofy moment. Hell yeah. That's really cute. I didn't know that about you. I I obviously don't know you very well. I just know, I mean, we've had so many interactions, but I you're intimidating in a way. So like I I didn't know that you were such a, a goofy person. So that's fun to know. It's the bad bitch energy. And also I read so harsh in my photos and everything and like the character yeah. thing. But like if you ask any of my like wrestling friends or real life friends, they call me Big Ange. So like Oh yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Life, like love everything big, everything crazy, everything silly. Hell yeah. Well, people say the same about me, so I totally understand. Like, I seem very bitchy or sassy or saucy online, and then I'm, like, the sweetest person. Or, like, super whatever, you know? (laughs) Right. But it's a a blessing and a curse, though. Why is it a curse? Because, like, I hate that people think I'm a bitch, but, like, at the same time, like, don't fuck with me. You know what I mean? Like... 
Nice. Yeah. So you kind of keep people at a distance and then they then you let them in accordingly. Right. Like because I don't want people to get too comfortable because I, I see that with other people. So I kind of like that intimidation factor. But at the same time, it's like <laughs> works so hard for you to realize that I'm not like a raging con. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no, I totally understand. There's there has to be a balance because you don't want people to cross a line or like fuck with your boundaries but you also want to make sure that people understand like i'm not super serious all the time very that very that especially on my twitter oh my god people think i'm like <laughs> oh god people are so <laughs> no i mean i i get it like i you know i go from like running a fundraiser to like calling people out and i'm just like yeah i totally understand why people are like what the fuck <laughs> um so do you are you, you said you're a switch as far as sub or dom, but are you a top or bottom, if you don't mind me asking? I know it's a little personal. Let's get into it. Oh, no holds barred. I'm a verse top. Um, and because I'm a feminine top, I like to call myself a blouse. Oh um, my God, I love you so much. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, in order to get me to like, you know, be on the bottom, it's like, kind of have to be in love with you. I have to be in a relationship. It has to be really intense, but like if it's 3 a.m. and like I got wood and go on grinding and then I'll just smash someone to smithereens, you know, but. Yeah, so then you're a blouse is what you're saying. I'm a true blouse, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're right now grindering it up as a blouse. Yes, yes. Just in case anybody's listening that's interested and they want to like slide on in a DM or something, you know. yeah. <laughs> um do you enjoy sex toys if so like what kind what's your favorite um i haven't experimented with sex toys enough to know if i like them I, the first sex toy i played with was like a year or so ago i bought a cock ring and it was a vibrating one and i was like oh this is nice nice um, yeah i did um i don't know the edible edible uh underwear is considered uh a sex toy but like sure, I did that. of course it's I, it's adding to the the spice if you will so right and uh, there's something else I, um i forgot what it's called uh like it was like a swingy thingy i went to this guy's house and he was just like yeah i'm getting on that and i was like well, I'm getting in you, so okay, fine. I don't give a shit. Uh, so, you have, like extra suspension is always nice. Yeah, I just it's just like you know, cause like men are a lot, so <laughs> like, you know, if you don't, if you do the least, I can do the most. But yeah, like I'm slowly dipping my world into the world of sex toys and all of that. I think it's really cool. I mean, if if you want to enhance your experience, like use it, but. Uh, I haven't had anybody to like experiment with, even though I was with a guy who like broke my heart, which is the reason why like I like took a break from dating, who was interested in like the mass thing. And like, I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, what kind of, was it like gimp masks? Um, yeah, but they were like really sophisticated. Like they weren't uh, just, they were like, one was like a dog one was like a pig one was like which is like a dick pig love that for them but like um and then one was like like a lucha libre mask and i was just like and he was like oh i bet you want this one so um yeah 
it's really cool. Like I, you know, he was into it more so than I was, but I was like, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I understand, like, just giving it a try because somebody else is into something. Well, masks are fun. Um, I'll give you some suggestions on some sex toys, and I know Aaron has some, too, so we'll send those your way. That way you can dip your toe a little bit more if you want. (laughs) So um, my next question is, what's the first porn you ever stumbled on growing up? Like, the first or the one that you remember? Like, did you find it in the woods like a lot of boys do or, like, online or in your parents' room? Like, what happened there? Okay, it's a little bit of both. So when I was like a kid, there was this like a, a YouTuber who did um videos. They were called bump videos, where he would um play the wrestling games and he created these two characters. His name was Terry Loa. And um he would do edit videos, like music videos of like the 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 wrestlers in the video games like jumping off of tables and ladders and chairs. And then one of them, he he would add porn um, skits <laughs> to the videos, which now looking back is so much more funnier. That, that, what the fuck? Like, why are they at a church and why is like I can see all nipple? And like, <laughs> um, but it was it never got to the penetration. But like, I remember like the problem was that he put a link to the porn in the videos, and then I got in trouble because my. Mom thought I was watching porn when I wasn't, but, um, <laughs> <That's amazing. laughs> one day I was in my mom's room. Oh my God, she's going to kill me. Uh, I was in my, my mom's room and I was looking for something and I looked under the bed and I found porn and I was like, what is this? And it was just like porn. <laughs> and I Wait, was like, was your mom, or was it just something your mom owned? <laughs> Oh my God, it wasn't up my mom. That would have petrified me. I'd be scarred for life. But it was my, my mom owned, owned the porn and it was like, like your typical, like kind of shitty budget. Like uh, they rented a house for a day and they probably paid like a hundred bucks for it. And they just fucked all day. And it was like, the, looking back, it was the worst acting I've ever seen. Like, those women were over it. They were done. <laughs> this one girl literally rolls her eyes as she's getting fucked in the ass. And I'm just like, I remember watching it going, what am I watching? Um, and also going, oh, so this is how sex works. It's like, <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, is your mom going to be listening to this? Probably not. Oh, okay. I was like, why is she going to kill you? Is she listening? Hi, Bob, if you are. <laughs> Listen to this, like, it is what it is. Like, we're all grown-ups now, so who cares? <laughs> That's so cute. Um, do you enjoy role-playing at all in the bedroom? And have you ever been asked to role-play something outrageous where you were like, no, I'm not doing that? Um, role-play's hot. Because um, I'm very verbal in bed, like, to me, how two people are pleasuring each other and it just sounds like, you know, a court case is weird. Um, <laughs> so I'm very verbal. So like with role playing, it helps partners that are like not as verbal get more engaged and involved. Hell yeah. But also like, <laughs> whatever. Um, there's this guy who was like really into spandex, right? And he thought it was the most attractive thing that I was a wrestler that wore spandex uh, singlets at the time. Mm -hmm. So he wanted me to come over and I came over 
and I fucked them in my wrestling outfit. Hell yeah. And he was like, he was like very much into it. He was just like, oh, how did like, it was like, God, it was like, how did you find your biggest fan after the show? And I was like, I followed you all the way home, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> oh, so it wasn't that, even just the spandex. It was that it was a wrestling themed kind of thing. That's awesome. <laughs> like, well, well, let me up the ante. And I was like, okay, cool. I mean, I have a theater background. This is not a stretch. Um, mm-hmm. And that was, that was cool. And then, you know, like usual, like player coach, you know, uh, just the, the the cliches, but yeah, I think it's hot. I think it's cool. That's sexy. I have a theater background too, so when I do role play, I definitely get into it, especially if the person's like taking it seriously. If they're not, then I'm like, no, fuck you. But if they are, I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll play whatever. As long right. As I really <laughs> like when it's a serious theater exercise because I'm like, oh, what is my motivation? Like while I'm like getting ahead, like, it's like method acting. You're like, okay, all right, where do I have to? What do I have to tap into tonight to like have this? <laughs> this one guy I was dating, we did role play, and I ended the session. And I was like, end scene, and he just busted out laughing. Hell yeah, <laughs> that's, that's like, awesome. <laughs> cares, you know. But that's that's fun that you have that dichotomy of being able to like, yeah, I'll put it on, but then I can turn it off and like bust out a joke. Like, that's great. That's a good personality, obviously. After, after it's all done, like, okay, whatever. Because like sex is not a big deal to me. It's like sneezing. It's a bodily function, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. You got to do it. It's a bodily function. <laughs> Who do you consider the sexiest wrestler, past or present? That oh, you're God. Okay, like, I want to answer this, but I also know that he's like, <coughs> I will say the sexiest wrestler I ever met is one of the nicest people I've met in my entire life. I won't name names, because like, I don't want people to think I'm, like, some predator. Oh, wait, but just say it. Oh, my God, I want to know. <laughs> I'll tell you offline, but I will say, I will say, um, there's this one wrestler that everybody wanted to fuck, and, like... <laughs> Until I saw his dick and I was like, oh, I get it. I'm sorry. But yeah, but yeah. Okay, like, here's the thing about wrestlers, right? Because I spent time in locker rooms, any attraction I would have had prior is dead the second they open their mouths. I'm done. <laughs> like, the conversations in a wrestling locker room, it's just in particularly a male only one, uh-huh. you just want to bash. Like, to me, it's like, whoa, like, oh my God. Like, you really like think this way? Or, like, I when they talk the, about girls, in a locker room where I'm like the only girls, and then it's me. So people feel comfortable saying what they would normally say without a woman in the room. And I totally fucking understand. <laughs> It's like the guys that I would have been like really attracted to, like um, they open their mouths and I'm just like, oh no, lady boner dead. Like I can't. You're like you're my brother, but like now, like I really like there's no kai kai ever happening. Um, but yeah, I mean. All right. Well, you'll have to tell me offline then, because I definitely want to know. Right, but also like I want them to guess. Especially because now every straight wrestler wants to be on my show. So now you can come guess. <laughs> I can't wait to gossip. Anyways, uh, next question is, are you a voyeur or exhibitionist or neither? Ooh. 
I don't know if like switch works in this, but I've been a little bit of both, but switch works for sure. More of a voyeur though. Way more of a voyeur. Yeah. So like if you had the chance to be watched or watched, you'd rather watch. Oh yeah, I'd rather watch, for sure. I love that. We have so much in common. Um, do you have any online well yeah, you just answered that. So you have a grinder, obviously. And do you mind telling me what your profile says as we speak? Oh, let me pull it up. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hold on. <sighs> Sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So my grinder name is Agent 007. Oh. And what what does it say? It says, big boy ain't about the bullshit. Talk to me nice, bitch. I love it. That's what it says. That's it. I have no interests, no hobbies, no favorite music. I don't <laughs> have a height. I don't have a weight. I made it at like 4 a.m. And I was like, yeah. I so. mean, short and to the point is nice. So. Because it's like, if you want to hook up, like just get to the point. But like, if you're a nice guy, like. You'll you figure know. that out once you talk to them, you know. Right. Right. Well, I like it. We all have to come back next time and tell us, you know, what grinder journeys you've been on in the recent past. <laughs> um, my um, next question is, have you ever been to a sex party or a part of a group sex scenario? No, neither. Neither. You're so young. I watched them. I'm pretty sure it will happen before I'm dead. But um, I watched it on TV. There was a show that came out when I was young called Noah's Ark and the young gay guy went to a bathhouse and I remember watching it and like not really and, and like as an adult it just doesn't seem like it's for me mm-hmm. but everybody goes to Europe and loses their shit so probably what happened there <laughs> yeah I mean sometimes I'm like that's cool and then sometimes I totally understand I'm like yeah man take it or leave it yeah for sure like get it if that's for you but for me I feel like Mm, not my scene but like I love that it's there if you want it oh yeah what's the weirdest or wildest place you've ever had sex um oh shit (laughs) it was summer I have to preface this because it's like not it's not incriminating but whatever it was summertime it was like the dead of August I hung out with a guy we were walking and like we were like ready to hook up. And the only place we could hook up is like an elementary school park. <laughs> like it was 3 a.m. Like, you know. Oh, so it was extra illegal. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, it was, it's not like it was like in the middle of like kindergarten or whatever. No, like <laughs> it was 3 a.m. in August in summertime. And like he was just like, let's just go to the school's playground. And I'm like, no, there's something wrong about this. He's like, want to come or not? And I'm like, okay, fine. Uh, it's like doing it in a church parking lot. <laughs> I've done that too. Got head uh, after service one time. So. Oh wow, it's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. And then like we like grinded each other. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a rite of passage. I feel like everybody has to fuck in a church parking lot at some point in their life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can get it. I, hey. What's your number one fetish or kink? Oh, this is gonna make me sound like such a sixteen-year-old girl making out. Ah, uh, like. 
That doesn't, I mean, mouths are like a, definitely a kink for a lot of people, so. It's like, I could, like, honestly, like, if I just made out for like 35, 40 minutes, like, I wouldn't need to have sex. But I mean, like, guys, like, will give you five of their best, five, they'll give you five of their, like, 50% effort minutes. <laughs> this dick ain't gonna suck itself or whatever. Um, but yeah like i've always i've always enjoyed making out kissing you know oral foreplay like that's where it's at for me like penetration is cool like don't get me wrong but but like yeah making out where it's at yeah for sure yeah that's sexy my roommate who is in the same room as i right now uh agrees with you so i just wanted to point that out i think it's it's definitely like a thing that people have a kink for so oh for sure like I lose my shit. If somebody's like, you don't make out, oh yeah. Yeah. I think it's hot for sure. And there's something like innocent about it that's like really cute and also sexy. But you know, it's like, I don't know. Anyways, I, I totally understand. <laughs> right. Have you ever had phone sex? Oh, lots. <laughs> oh, lots. Oh, hell yeah. What's your favorite part about it? Like weeding through the really shitty guys on the lines. <laughs> like um also like creating different characters oh fuck yeah what's like what's the go-to character you use background like um <laughs> like god like um because i'm not that guy but i like physically i read as like any kind of thug walking down like 125th street at like 2 a.m that's gonna fucking rob you but I'm not that girl, you know? So I love playing, like, big, bad, dirty thug. And like, it gets to the point where, like, it's not sexual. It becomes comedic and, like, a cool way to spend 30 minutes hearing men up their pitch. And all of a sudden, like, big, bad Trump, MAGA, 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 wants big black dick. And it's just, like, it's, it's a mind fuck. But, like, when it's really hot, it's, like... You know, sometimes I'm some girl named Tiffany with big tits who's like a cheerleader in college or like I'm some sassy, you know, gay or whatever. But like phone sex is cool. Like it's a good gateway if you're like not sure what to do and you can learn. And also, if you talk to somebody really cool on a phone sex line, after you both not and the conversation continues, you learn a lot about life, like this is going to sound bad, but like when I was young, like teenager, I was on phone sex lines, but more so to learn about like gay men. Uh-huh. 20 growing up. Well, so you was, didn't have, if you didn't have an outlet, like that's a, I mean, I think it's a, at least it's a safe place to do it, you know? Because it's like, they don't know my age. You know what I mean? And it, it was never like, it was never those kind of conversations. You know what I mean? But like, to me, it was like, there was this one guy who talked to me about like his boyfriend. And like, then we learned about like cleaning out, like that's how I learned about cleaning out procedures. Right. And, like, right. All of that kind of thing. And I'm like, looking back, I'm like, that's the moment where I learned that. I would have never learned that in the shitty sex ed class I had. Right. I mean, it was like having a big brother, like a big gay brother in a way. Like it's a, it's an outlet for you to find a place or like a safe place to like learn about your sexuality, especially, I mean, now we have all these movies and TV shows that are so, 
you know, progressive and current that kids can just watch on Netflix. But we didn't have that then. And and the fact that you found a place for it, like, I don't think there's anything bad about that. I mean, like, you know, this isn't a PSA to say kids go out and do that, obviously. But, like, I understand why there would be a, a gravitational pull to be able to, like, find people to talk to that you had things in common with that you couldn't find elsewhere. Right. I was just very resourceful during that time to, like, figure it out, you know? Absolutely. Well, you know, you you figure it out whatever way you do it, and as especially when you can't do it like publicly, I I see how that happens. You know what I mean? Um, how are you? Are you well? Obviously, you're open with your family, but are you open with your family about sex in general? Like, do you talk to them, chat with them about sex? Um, <laughs> my mom caught me having sex, so she knows that I'm sexually active. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> awkward <laughs> right but like the fucked up part was like I kept going I was like okay like I'm- okay you're gonna close the door and I'm- <laughs> the moment will pass like whatever like girl get over it like it- this was gonna happen at some point I get um, it yeah, close the door <laughs> I see mine um <laughs> But no, me and my mom never talked about sex. Me and my family never talked about sex. I really hate that they continue the legacy of like colonialism and like Christianity, like guilt-based sex, because like a lot of like things wouldn't have happened to some people. Not like STDs or anything like that, but like unwanted pregnancies if like people just talked about sex. Right. Like. So like you didn't get that, you don't get to have those conversations with your family. I don't think anybody in my family has had to talk with one another. Like, nobody. That blows my mind. Like, if I decide to make the horrible decision to have children, (laughs) um, like, that's something that, like, will happen the second they're in middle school. Like, this is going to happen. It's not earlier, depending on, like, what's going on. Like, I remember my mom having to explain it in, like, fifth grade to me. You know, it's like, yeah. She didn't give me all the goddamn details, but you know, I was like, "Ma, what the fuck is this? Like, what's good? Give me, give me a rundown." She's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. here you go." And it made me, it made it all the more better. I waited longer because I understood like the ramifications, and I got to have that, you know. So I'm very blessed. Obviously, I wouldn't be running a podcast like this, <laughs> but if it wasn't for my mom, but it's it's definitely too bad when you can't talk to your kids, you know. Right. If you take away the scandal from it. I think that people are less inclined to, like, hide and do it or, like, you know, wind up getting caught, you know, doing it in a mall bathroom. Like, when I was in high school... Getting an STI or an unwanted pregnancy, things like that, exactly. Like, when I was in high school, there was a six-way, and, of course, they were all band kids. Um, One day, (laughs) the band kids had a six-way. Wow. kids that were very obviously not hit to like anything and like weren't obviously not taught about sex or anything like that so you know oops <laughs> i mean get it band kids biggest yeah. freak time one time at band camp <laughs> uh what's the, this one i'm really excited to ask you what's the creepiest thing not that I'm excited. This that sounds gross. Uh, but what's the creepiest or like weirdest thing a fan has ever like messaged you or said to you or anything like that? Oh, 
Judging by your laugh, I should be excited. Oh my God, tell me. Oh my God. So me and Jamie Senegal, who's like non-binary queen, love her to death. We rolled to a show in North Carolina together. And we each had our matches. And I had this really like, I had this pair of gear that I got made that was like not flattering around the crotch. So like, it just flopped around, girl. Like it is what it is. <laughs> uh, and I didn't like, I don't like, I used to tuck when I wrestled and I was like, oh, you know what, liberation, whatever. It's it's natural. Absolutely. So I get back to the locker room and I get, I get a grinder message and it's a fan in the crowd going, I loved your match. And then I was like, OMG, thank you, LOL. Hope you had a good time. And he was like, yeah, you know, the way your thighs look were so good. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then he's like, and then I couldn't help but look at that big black dick. And I was like, whoa. Wow. I was like, I was like, okay, okay. Cause like I do not have sex with fans. Like I do not flirt with fans. Like I think that that's just for me, I make that personal boundary because like I like to keep that separation. Right. And 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 then like I was panicking. So I just said, Oh, well, thanks. Well, me and Jamie are married, so like nothing can happen. <laughs> Stupid thing is that if we were married and we were closed off, why do we both have grinders? Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> okay, oh like, my god. Well, whatever. At least you got out of that. That's so awkward. I mean, Unless you open that green light of sexualizing them in return. Like, it's one thing to be like, your thighs look nice. Okay, fine. You know, whatever. Okay. We're on grinder, fine. But, like, to keep going and then, like, really, like, blow through that door. Like, Jesus Christ, dude. Have a little, like, don't be so uncouth. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, if you said back, like, oh, I want to suck your dick. I'd like, fine. Okay. Talk about my dick in the ring. But, like, you know, you got to give a, you got to get a little fucking green light. You know what I'm saying? Right. I agree. So my next set of questions are from Aaron because he can't be here tonight and he's sad and says hello and sends his regards. And um, so we're going to end off with those. Okay. His first question is, and he always asks everybody this, what does queer liberation mean to you? The death of terminology. There will come a time where you're Felicia and I'm Billy and that's it. Fuck yeah. And that's it. And that's beautiful. And I think that that's where we need to be. I think that we're kind of spinning our wheels a little bit and we need to like get back on track a little bit in our community. But yeah, the death of, uh, the death of labels for sure. The death of labels is a beautiful way to put it because I feel like we had to like grab all the labels back and make sure everything is perfectly labeled and I understand the need for it, but I can't wait for the death of it. And I'm so happy you articulated that. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Do you like to bone to music and what kind? Uh, yeah. So like my first boyfriend, our sex song was a, a Janet Jackson song. So like, yeah, when it's like, I'm more of a romantic, like I'm more of a lover than I am a fucker. So, you know, when I do, have sex it's usually more of a romantic connotation so yeah music for sure hell yeah um are there any queer artists musicians etc that you i it says listen to but i think it means 
that you enjoy that you want to like shout out right now? Well, a couple of them just were made out to be really problematic. So, uh, queer artists that I listen to, uh, Aja, uh, who was on RuPaul's Drag Race, is pretty de- like they're a pretty decent rapper. Um, and uh, Eric Shorey, uh, Accent Report, actually DJed one of my favorite songs that they do. So that's really cool. I should know more people off the top of my head. I feel like such a piece of shit. It is like um, an on-the-spot question, and I totally understand. So for next time, you can totally pimp, like, whoever that you want to name. I I understand, I, like, on the spot. I'm always like, fuck, I can't remember anything. Right, my favorite poor artist of all time is always going to be Azalea Banks. But I get, like, she's, like, so fucking problematic. But, like, she's actually really just honest and a dickhead. But, like, whatever. But, like... And also she's like constantly bi-erased, but like, she's my favorite. She's very influential to me and my brain and everything. But I should know way more. And I do know way more, but they're not coming to mind. That's okay. We'll obviously have to have you on in a follow-up and we'll re-ask you the same question. <laughs> uh, what would you like to see more of in wrestling? I'm I'm intrigued of what, uh, of Aaron asking a wrestling question. That's always fun. <laughs> My God, no more like long like Japan matches. Oh, like I th- my answer is less. Like I'm just, like I'm gonna like cut a promo real quick. I hate when I'm on shows and everybody wants to have a WrestleMania main event. Bitch, you have six minutes. Like just get in and get out. Like you don't need to take a bunch of bumps and do a bunch of unnecessary stunts. Like sometimes you can just get in the ring and like tell a story without like having to do every move three times. I hate long matches. I think that they're so homophobic. I think that they're <laughs> of like brain cells and like destroying the frontal lobes when you take bumps and all of that. Like, no, I would like to see more people that are not like, I like to think of wrestling like, like Barbies, right? When you, when, when you're a little kid and you like Barbies, you want to have as many different Barbies. You don't want to have the same Barbie. Why would you want to have 20 Barbie stewardess ones? We have too many in wrestling. We have too many good wrestler Barbies and not enough like good promo or like good comedy or like good this or good that. Like it's too many. I want to be like Japan, slap, slap, kick, kick. And it all gets no reaction, Barbies. We need more characters and flamboyance and over the top and extra. And just to, to, to cut it sharply, we need a lot more faggotry in wrestling. Like we are in a deficit and it is a state of emergency. Hell yeah, more entertainment all around. Thank you for that promo. That was beautiful. I agree wholeheartedly, honestly. So that was beautiful. That was the last question that we had for you tonight. But I want to say thank you so much for being on. And before we hustle you off so that you can get back to working, you poor thing, uh, I just want to ask you to plug yourself and anything you want to that you haven't already talked about or feel free to, you know, obviously talk about it again. But like, where can we find you online? How can we support you, et cetera, et cetera? Okay, uh, I have Twitter and Instagram at the Billy Dixon, T H E B I double L Y D I X O N. Um, if you would like to uh, sponsor uh, my show, Paris is Bumping, that is taking place Thursday, June 18th, 2020, in Maryland, the first ever Vogue and wrestling 
art event in history, you can email me at bookbillydixon at gmail.com to get information on sponsorship packages. If you just want to give a bitch money because like you're a nice person, my cash app is dollar sign K-Y-L-E-K-I-A-R-E-E. That's Kyle Kiari. Uh, tips will always be welcome of all kinds. Yeah, just uh, keep supporting the screw and like queer like spaces because like this is awesome support wrestling support sex positivity support charity support everything yeah hell yeah and definitely like support your local sex worker but also support your local wrestler so throw some money at billy because billy is doing an amazing thing right now amazing things right now and deserves all of our time and money and energy and effort. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you so much. And like, keep supporting. Hell yeah. So thank you so much for being on. And we will totally be talking to you soon. Yes. I can't wait to get screwed again. Can't wait to get seconds. <gasps> Yay. Thanks for getting screwed, Billy. <laughs> <laughs>